Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Mega Strange Podcast. And thank you to all of our supporters who follow us on social media. Be sure to follow Mega Strange Podcast on Instagram. Today's episode is suffering from some technical difficulties. But don't worry, it's a great episode. But just be warned that about halfway through this episode, our microphone died and we had to re-record a portion of the episode. We hope you enjoy it. This is the conclusion to our top 10 favorite conspiracy theories. Yo, welcome everybody to another episode of the Mega Strange Podcast. You're here with your hosts, the hosts with the most ghost stories to boast. Derek Acosta and Johnny Weiss. Johnny. Hello. Yes. Johnny uses antlers in all of his decorating. My, what a guy. That Johnny. Yeah. People liked my intro last week. What was your intro from last week? I don't remember. What's happening, everyone? Welcome to Mega Strange, the creepiest podcast, the spookiest podcast, the best podcast. I'm your host, Johnny. This is Derek. We're going to take you down the rabbit hole. We're going to bring you up the rabbit hole. I oh, it's been forever. Uh, I did the intro last week and everyone was like, they, they applauded me. But it's nice. been so long that I think we need the classic. Nice. Nobody ever applauds my intros. Everybody just takes my intros for granted. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Another Derek intro. Who cares? Oh, but when Johnny does an intro, suddenly it's amazing. Suddenly it's newsworthy. Lester freaking Holt is on the phone to talk to Johnny about his intro. Hell yeah. Do I you like Lester Holt? Do you know who Lester Holt is? Vaguely. He's like America's favorite news anchor. Oh. He hosts uh, NBC Nightly News. I hope to have his job one day. If you're watching, yeah, Lester, Lester, you better stay on top of your game because uh, I don't see you covering Bigfoot yeah, Lester. or, or uh, conspiracy theories. And that's what America wants, Lester. Lester, what does your name rhyme with, Lester? I'm afraid to ask. Yeah. Best Western. Hotel fucking sucks, yeah. douchebag. Don't get me started. Anyways. Can I say the F word in the first five minutes? Uh, I don't think anyone cares. Yeah, nobody's watching this show. <laughs> Just kidding. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We literally have thousands of viewers all over the world. We like to call them the mega strangers. They are our eyes and ears on the street. They keep us tuned in to all the weird and wild things that are happening out there in the world because we can't be everywhere. Try as we might. We like to do a lot of research uh, and stay up to date Yeah, on all the fascinating Bizarre paranormal things happening out there. But our fan base goes wide and they are often calling in to share their stories about some of the craziest shit that is happening out there to regular folks, regular Americans, regular mega strangers who are fans of this show who are encountering dogmen, ghosts, bipedal, beastmen, gorillas, sasquatches, bigfoots, whatever you want to call them. We haven't done a, a mailbag episode in a while. No. We apologize to everybody out Sorry there. Sorry about that. Johnny and I were on the road, actually. Let's talk about our travels okay. through Southwest America. We, w we went to Las Vegas a few weeks yeah. ago. Uh, that was fun. Yeah. And while we were on our way to Las Vegas, we looked up, um, and of course, we didn't film any of this. We thought about it, but we were just there to have fun. I filmed a little bit on my phone, if you want to use any of it. We were kicking back. Yeah. All right. Full disclosure. We went out to go see a couple of wrestling. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Because <laughs> uh, then it's going to be like, well, what were you guys doing in Vegas? Woo! 
It was gambling. Yeah. Well, uh, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we were hot at the tables. Actually, I was winning at the roulette wheel. I was. I was. The dice were hot. I was rolling sevens and elevens left and right. In fact, the only time I lost money was when the coolers. We're not going to name any names. People would show up and ask all these questions about what, <laughs> what was happening at the gambling table. And suddenly my mojo was thrown off, but that's all right. I still had a fun time. Yeah, it was, it was still a lot of fun. And while we were out there, we hit a lot of good old American rest stops and tourist traps. Uh, one of which I think was probably our, both of our favorites was the pinball museum. Oh yeah, that was actually, I, I did film a lot of that on my phone. Yeah, so, so I, could, I could put that in here. We recommend if you are in the Las Vegas area, you have to check out the pinball museum. It is yeah. a giant warehouse filled with arcade machines going back, uh, I don't know, at least 70 or 80 years. Yeah. You may not care too much about pinball, but they have everything there. They have arcade machines. Uh, they have claw machines. In fact, they had this awesome machine that you put $4 worth of quarters in. Yeah. And right in front of you, it you know this tickled my fancy. <laughs> Straight out of the 1960s, it's a Disneyland machine with an injection mold that closes and they shoot hot plastic in there and it cooks you up a little Pluto uh, figurine right in front of you. And it's labeled Disney and stuff. And yeah. uh, you get a little piece of history. It was interesting because the people we were with were like, it's old because it's from the 60s, but it's brand new because we just watched it be made in front of you. Yeah, the upkeep on that machine is probably crazy. There's probably so many like new parts in there, too. Uh, I caught you playing some Dance Dance Revolution. Oh, yeah. They had a machine that had every song on it. Yeah. Uh, and then they had like all the light gun games I love, like Point Point Blank, I think it's called. It's um, free to get in there. Yeah. Uh, you just got to bring your own quarters. They'll give you quarters if you got dollars. It's highly recommended. Go check out the Pinball yeah. Museum yeah. here in Vegas. And uh, should we talk about one other destination while we were there? Uh, which one? Whichever one you want. Uh, I, I can't remember. Wow, <laughs> this guy it's all kind of a blur. a little too hard in Vegas. Well, I hope you remember visiting Area 15. Oh, we got yeah. Because to enter the world famous Omega Mart. Yeah, that was fun. Put on by Meow Wolf. <laughs> I, I had a good time. Uh, I. It was definitely, yeah. let me say... As the Mega Strange correspondents, we we had a duty to go check it out. Yeah, a lot it's, of people have told us to check of, it out. A lot of people told us to check it out. They said it's one of the weirdest places you'll see in America. Uh, what was your takeaway from it? It was fun to explore, but there were so many people there that it, the mystique... I'm sure if you're in there by yourself, it's awesome. But having people lined up like all the like story element areas there was just a line and i'm like this isn't fun anymore it's the disneyland effect yeah where the commercial shows you an empty theme park and you go there and everything is a 200 person line yeah so it's like i don't want to i don't want to read all the story stuff because there's you know i have to wait in line so i kind of just like poked around and that was fun but then you know there was a bar in there and they had like a, a beer they made themselves or something did they yeah uh, there was like meow wolf beer mm. and i drank it uh, and I got so bloated. I just was like, after that beer, I ha was having a bad time. Wow. I was just walking along like, oh, get I did me not know that. Yeah. Well, I, kept, I kept my cool, but I was like, oh God, we walked into Omega Mart. It's kind of like a supermarket from the future. Yeah. And we didn't really know what to expect. There's like shit for sale and it's weird. And there was this door that said like janitors only. And Johnny's like, I'm going to open this door. Yeah. We didn't know if you were allowed to open the door, but he was brave. He opened the door and inside it was the, like a toilet. But obviously was decorated, it had like slime coming out of the walls and it was dripping and drooling with all this strange 
stuff. But then if you really step inside and peek around, you realize it's not a toilet. It's a hallway. Yeah. And then we followed this hallway and ended up in the back rooms of Omega Mart, which it, it was very similar to the yeah. back rooms, which we covered in an earlier episode of Mega Strange. Go check it out if you haven't seen it. I, I think and from uh, that point, the adventure was on. We were, oh gosh, sometimes there were like two foot high doors. We'd have yeah. to get on our hands and knees and crawl through them. We'd find ourselves in like a rock tunnel with a rope that, that we'd have cool, to yeah. scale. And then at the top of it, you come out and it's a secret door that only opens from one side. It was cool. There was all kinds of crazy stuff. I, I think that janitor door was sums up perfectly how much I like how I felt about it because it was like we saw the door. It said janitors only. And I was like, I'm going to open it. We opened it. And it's like it, it, there's just tools and stuff on the wall. We're like, do, do we go in here? And then like we, as we started going through, just like 80 people came the opposite way. And it's like, oh, I guess this is like that. That's what I'm saying. Like there was mystique initially. And then it was just ruined by like all the people that were there. It's a giant photo. Op, yeah, yeah, so that too. Of course, there's a lot of people just like taking selfies, being oblivious to everyone who's around. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of the cool like secret doors, I'd be like, is that a door? And I kind of reach for it and it comes swinging open from yeah. the other side and I get blasted. Exactly. By somebody who's just like running through snapping photos of everything. Uh, I will say, granted, we did go on a Saturday. Maybe if we went on like a weekday, it would have been less people. But that, I, I don't know. It's Vegas. That place is probably always packed. We had anyway. a good time. We had a good time. Yeah. Thank you to Meow Wolf for shouts having out. us. Uh, and I got recognized in the checkout line Ooh. by the security guard. So shouts out to the security guard at Meow Wolf for being a true mega stranger. Do they watch this? in the building. He's probably watching this right now. Oh. I see you. It was great to talk to Let you. Let us go back when it's empty. Yeah. After you just talked all this <laughs> shit, uh, we'd love to go back. Anyways, thank you for joining us. So today we are doing the great conclusion yeah to our two-parter episode top 10 greatest conspiracy theories um the response to our last episode was great you may remember we covered fluoride in the water system we talked about false history we talked about theories about new coca-cola yeah <clears throat> but that was just a warm-up because today we're going to get into our top five Greatest conspiracy theories, the ones still left on our list that we have been, I personally have been salivating. Eh, I've been waiting. I've been, <laughs> I've been chomping at the bits to share these conspiracy theories. <laughs> uh, and I've been telling you, I yeah, have one yeah. in particular. I'm sorry. Am I scared? No, yeah, this is like my up. fourth cold brew today. Oh, okay. So I, um, this is my first. Tingling. Sorry, everybody. This is going to be a weird episode. No, they, they love it. Let's get right into it. I want to start with a conspiracy theory that is known as the mother of all conspiracy theories. This is conspiracy theory zero. This is conspiracy theory begins. That's uh, right. The, yeah, I'm the talking prequel. about. Do you have a guess at what it's going to be? Pre-conspiracy. Uh, I know what it is. Reptilians. Yeah. <laughs> you knew I was going to talk about reptilians? Yes. Yeah, you can't have a conspiracy theory episode without talking about reptilians because for people who don't know out there, for the uninitiated, the reptilian conspiracy theory is the grand unifying theory of conspiracy theories, by which I mean to say that when you look at a conspiracy theory, you are examining a theory where a group of people have gaslit the entire world yeah they've put on a charade they've pulled the veil over our eyes and we don't really know what's going on and this group of people are secretive and they control everything from behind the scenes 
But then there's this question of, but who controls them? Who is at the top of the conspiracy theory pyramid? Well, the answer to that question is the reptilians. Um, maybe you get into this, but did this exist before? There's that famous show, I think it's called V, that kind of talks about this, where it's like about like these aliens that show up, but then they're actually secretly reptilians. <clears throat> v did popularize this theory. Yeah. And in fact, it's funny you mentioned that. Because yeah. That TV show did not come up in any of my really? research on wow. reptilians. But just casually, I'm aware of that show, and you're right. It is about a group of aliens who show up posing to be friendly towards humans, but it is revealed that they are actually reptilian aliens who look like humans, yeah. and they have a plot to take over the world. Um, but the that show came out in the 1970s, was remade in the early 2000s. Yeah, I saw the remake. It wasn't very good. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was one of those shows that kind of came out when, uh, when loss was, loss was yeah, really yeah. popular and this idea of like serialized science fiction was the hottest thing on television. Yeah. But no, the reptilians, uh, actually are traced back to two starting points. The earliest is the 1920s. Uh, there was an author by the name of Robert Howard, Robert E. Howard, if you want to know his middle initial. And he is famous for creating one of my personal favorite characters in all of fiction, Conan the Barbarian. Oh. Yeah. You familiar with Conan the Barbarian? Oh, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger? To hell with you. I love that line. Does he say that? Yeah. He, there's like one part where he's like about to battle someone and then he's like talking to God. And then, yeah. He, he, oh, to hell with you. Yeah. He says to hell with you. Yeah. I love he, that. He famously says, you know, what is great in life is to destroy your enemies. <laughs> to hear the lamentation of their women and to see them driven before their lands or something to that effect. <laughs> I think I may have botched it. But uh, the creator of Conan the Barbarian was an author named Robert E. Howard. And not only did he create Conan the Barbarian, but he cre he populated this whole world that Conan the Barbarian lived in. Yeah. It was kind of like Middle Earth. There were witches, wizards, different races. And in one of his stories titled The Shadow Kingdom, uh, which was written in August 29th, I'm sorry, August 1929, Robert Howard described a race of people known as serpent men. They were described as humanoids with human bodies and snake-like heads who were able to imitate humans at will. They okay. were shapeshifters. And they lived in an underground network of passages uh, and they use their shape-changing and mind-control abilities to infiltrate humanity. Oh. This is very similar to um, the idea that we have of reptilians today. Um, uh, about a decade later, two decades later, another guy by the name of Maurice Doriel wrote a pamphlet entitled Mysteries of Gobi, and he also described a race of serpent people. Um, which he traced back to this ancient poem that uh, supposedly comes from Atlantis. Mm -hmm. There's this uh, old magician named Thoth. You may have heard of Thoth. People talk about like tarot cards that are written uh, by this guy. It's just like uh, kind of like the Merlin of Atlantis, right? Just a very famous magician from, from this forgotten city. That's cool. Maurice Doriel says that he claims that uh, the serpent men are referenced in some of the writings by Thoth. These are just a warm up to the reptilians as we know it today, because basically there was a British conspiracy theorist named David Ick. 
<clears throat> and in the 90s. I've heard that name before. Yeah, because David Ick is the guy who started the reptilian conspiracy oh, theory. Okay. He, he's only famous for being a conspiracy theorist. Okay. <laughs> and in the 90s, he basically came up with this um, idea for a worldwide conspiracy against humanity. This is what I talk about when I say the grand unifying theory of conspiracy theories. He basically says, um, he wrote a book called The Biggest Secret. He says that there are shape-shifting reptilian humanoids from the Alpha Draconis star system. And they have come to the planet Earth where they are hiding in underground bases. They are tall. They drink blood. And they are the force behind all the major worldwide conspiracies. He says, David Ick claims, that all of the world's most ancient and powerful families and modern leaders are related to these reptilians, including the Merovingian dynasty, the Rothschilds, the Bush family, oh, and the British royal family. Wow. Um, I have some stuff on the British royal family later. So all there is left to say is that David Ick is the guy who came up with that theory in the 90s. Uh-huh. He wrote a book about it. it. The reptilians had already been discussed in Conan the Barbarian, uh, but he was the one who applied it to modern life and said, like, yeah, all these rich and powerful people, they're shape-shifting reptiles. And apparently as of 2013, uh... 4% of the American population, 4% believes in the reptilian conspiracy, which is up significantly from 0% just uh, 15 years earlier. I wonder if it's like a, like, I don't want to put down anyone who believes in this or, or do I? I don't know. But like, I wonder if it's like a weird evolutionary thing. I know there's like, as a human, we, we feel like there's some weird, like something invisible that's controlling our lives. I don't know if that's evolutionary or not, but like to believe that like they're evil monsters is kind of. Oh, by wild. the way, I have a, a GIF image. Oh, of, yeah, of yeah. Somebody turning into a reptile. Yeah. Yeah. The voice of Darth Vader. Oh, James Earl Jones. Can we show this? Yeah. This is groundbreaking. Look at this, everybody caught on tape. <laughs> James Earl Jones. Look at his face. Look at how his hands disappear. That's the classic sign of the reptiles. And then. Do you believe that? <laughs> Do you believe that? That's yeah, sick. we could watch it again. Yeah, let's watch it. That's a, this is some good uh, filmmaking. Just filmmaking. Oh, <laughs> just cut. Well, what are you talking? Oh, oh, right, right. Yeah, yes. Okay, the cat's out of the bag. Oh, this is actually. A I guess clip. It, it only lip looped once. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we we get copyright strike if it loops uh, full. Complete yeah, two revolutions. Yeah, you get one. That was a clip from the Conan the Barbarian movie. Uh, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. I included it because I saw that when I was a kid and it always like terrified me when Thulsa Doom, the bad guy played by James Earl Jones, turns into a giant snake. There's basically a giant snake cult in the movie that they worship and he turns into a snake. But when I came to find out that that was actually kind of that the author of Conan the Barbarian was the first person to describe reptilians, it all came together to me. That's, that's essentially the proto-reptilian right there. That's what the... British royal family does in their free time. That's what the Bushes do on Thanksgiving. Yeah, what, what you what just saw, do. what you just saw James Earl Jones do. That's the conspiracy theory right there. 
How, I just laid it out for you. How did George Bush almost choke on a pretzel if he's a lizard? Like, can't they just like... Well, maybe he was snacking on a pretzel mid-transformation. Yeah. And his throat went from like super long to, to human yeah. short. And <laughs> the pretzel got... He was snacking yeah. mid-transformation. Yeah, and it got like accordion stuck in there, you know? Yeah. I'm just spitballing. I don't know. Hey, that's the reptilians for you. Oh, I wanted to say every couple of sentences you say something that's a great band name. Proto Reptilian. That sounds like an amazing, <laughs> like hardcore band. Anyway. We all the proto reptilians. <laughs> okay, Johnny. So uh what do you got for us? You you still have some conspiracy theories left. Yeah. In your bag of tricks. Oh. By the way, I only have uh one more, and it's the greatest conspiracy theory of all time, according to me. I have three, so I don't maybe we could sprinkle them in, but I want to really talk to you about mattress gate. This is this is really important. I've never heard of this. Uh, this one, I I think there's a lot here to be. Uh, I don't know. There's there's not a lot here, but it's 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 definitely weird for sure. But uh, in 2018, there was a Reddit user realized that there was a high volume of mattress stores in certain areas, uh, especially in Chicago. Like okay. just close to each other. All right. Um, That's already sus. And this led people to theorize like a bunch of, of uh, theories about these retail stores for mattresses being mon like money laundering scams. Oh, maybe tied to the uh, organized crime families in the Chicago area. But I think I think this is a photo of maybe Chicago. I don't know where this is exactly, but I have a Google Maps here of. Let's all, go to the close-up cam. Of all the fucking coffee. mattresses stores that are in vicinity wow. of each other. Like, because you've noticed it. There, there's always mattress stores like in every like uh, strip mall and there's no one in them ever. That's uh, 17 mattress stores. Right. In, uh, I mean, how many blocks is that? I mean, that's, uh, we're probably looking at like 50 blocks. Yeah, like what do you gain from those being so close together? Like it's just going to cannibalize the other stores. Okay, hold on. Let's read some of the names of these. Oh, we yeah. We have yeah. Uh, Mattress Firm Edgewater. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the names. <laughs> yeah, you could look these places up. I don't care. Yeah, fuck them. We're just sending a business. You got Mattress, Mattress Firm Chicago Loop, Mattress Firm South Loop, Mattress Firm South Loop University Village. Oh. Mattress Firm River North. Mattress Firm Bridge. Wait, these are all the same company. Yeah. These are all uh, Mattress Firm stores. Yeah. Mattress Firms is the big one. I, there's one. Uh, wait, okay, hold on. There's one here close by. I thought that these, uh, I thought these were all like competing mattress No, companies. it's like the this same company. The same co wait, go back to the close up. Cam. Okay. Hold on. That's all the same fucking company? Yeah. That's all. We got like two on top of each other right here. Dude. <laughs> you got two on top of each other right here. That's what I'm saying. It's weird. What the fuck? Okay. All right. Now, now we're on to something here. Yeah. Now I've, we're starting to get to the bottom of this. Um. Yeah. So someone on Reddit, this is a quote from someone on Reddit. They said, Mattress Firm is some sort of giant money laundering scheme. That's yeah. what they, they theorize here. Hmm. Um. Hmm. I remember seeing our Mattress Firm's all over each corner of, of an intersection once. And there's no way there's such a high demand for mattresses. So this, this Reddit user saying like in a four-way intersection, there's one on every corner. <laughs> oh shit, dude. Mattress gate. And you know what they did during the depression when all the banks failed? Yeah. They stuffed their money into mattresses. 
So mattresses have been a tool used for hiding money for a long time in this country. <laughs> hey, add that to your conspiracy theory. Uh, there is a mattress firm next to a restaurant I frequent, and I an Italian restaurant. No, okay, it's good. Because I, I don't want to be uh, you know bigoted towards any supposed crime <laughs> organizations out there. Moving on, moving on. Anyways, uh, chicken restaurant, yes, but uh. Every time I walk past it, the guy who works there is just asleep on one of the mattresses. Oh, real talk. Um, <laughs> all right, now we're gonna pivot. Yeah. Because I, I bet you have stories like this and I have stories like this too. Have you personally ever gone to a business and maybe you, you went go to it often and you were convinced they were run by the, by the mafia? I'm trying to think. I mean, they're, in New Jersey, yes. Uh, I sometimes think that the Federici's has some mob dice. <laughs> that place a, we went to. <laughs> there's a liquor store I used to live next to. Yeah. Um, and there were always these guys in there who looked a little intimidating. Uh, and and they were all, they were always in there just like hanging out, not doing anything. Yeah. And, and it just I got a vibe of like, why are there always so many people hanging out in here? All these, that is like, weird. All these tough looking guys, like they're just always in this liquor store, like watching soccer and like, you know, it's the type of place that sells lighters and knives and ninja stars and chains. And, you know, I was like, they got all this weird shit for sale. Like something's you're not selling any of this stuff. Like uh, I always got a weird, weird vibe going on. In New York City, uh, where my dorm was, I was close to Chinatown and in Chinatown, there's so much like back alley gambling it's kind of like you'll like see a door open and there'll just be like a bunch of dudes like playing mahjong yeah. like i feel like there's just like a deep like i think it's really cool like just like cd gambling like you go oh, into like a meat locker I definitely here in san diego feel like i drove similar to you uh past an illegal gambling hall mm. it was an unmarked building um but at what was I doing? I was there for some reason. I think I was like across the street getting gas at the 7 Eleven or something, just like watching this building uh, for just a few minutes. And I saw the door open up and all these guys came out like smoking cigarettes. Uh, and it looked like they were in there like playing cards. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was like, well, that looks like a commercial business building, but I know you're not allowed to smoke inside any commercial <laughs> business building. I really know you can't pack like 50 dudes in there to yeah. play cards while everybody's smoking. It looked a little interesting to me. It looked a little uh, more than legal. It looked a little extra legal it, to me. In New York City, I saw a uh, bunch of dudes playing mahjong in a loading bay, <laughs> like you know, like with those like plastic strips and everything. Oh, yeah. And like there were like fucking uh, uh, like machinery and shit. Like people like moving boxes, and there's just dudes in the corner just playing mahjong. That's awesome. That's badass. Yeah, that's my favorite kind of establishment. Honestly, I have no problem going to these places. Oh yeah. Uh, Maybe it's just part of my uh, fantasy running wild. My imagination getting the better of me. Should I keep going? I have, I have another short one. Yeah, give us another one. That was a great one. Okay. This one blew my fucking mind. Okay. Did you know there's a secret room in Mount Rushmore? What? Yeah. Wait, like in the nose of George Washington? No, no. That, I mean, that, that's also a rumor. But there, this, is, this is real. But uh, behind Lincoln's head in Mount Rushmore, there's a hidden chamber. Um, the sculptor Gutson Borglum uh, created an 18 foot door behind the landmark that leads to an open room. Eight, wait, an 18 foot door? Yeah. 
I have a picture of it. Uh, that is seven. The uh, the room is seventy four feet long and thirty five feet high. Uh, the architect intended for this room to be a place where America would put all their prized possessions. Um, oh, sort of like cool. a hall of records. Yeah, like uh, my GameCube is going in there. <laughs> um, my uh, original unopened Ninja Turtle toys are going in there. So here's the top view. Okay, so let's go to the close up. Yeah. Probably need to get some light on this. Wow. So. And then the under it is like a close up of it as well. Okay, hold on. Mount Rushmore, I'm only seeing three faces. Aren't there supposed to be four? Yeah, what the fuck? Oh, wait. Hold on. This is Lincoln's face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lincoln is facing sideways. This is his nose right here. This is his eyeball. That's wild. I've actually never uh, been to Mount Rushmore. Me either. I've never seen this angle of it. I didn't know there was a. I didn't know there was like a rain tunnel. Me too. It really blew my mind. And then behind it, I have a close up. Whoa! Isn't that creepy? Hold on, everybody. I gotta yeah. look at this. Yeah. <laughs> They're senior notes. Hold on, I'll click to the one. Okay, go ahead. Got like a plaque there, and uh, wild. Um, the. Yeah, there you go. Oh, everyone loves the close-up cam. They love this. Uh, I love the close-up. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I love when people get mad at Why it too. Why don't you just superimpose a picture on the screen? It's not cool, it's not dude. Cool. This is this is badass. Analog. Yeah, it's retro, dude. This is real evidence here. <laughs> actual photo. Okay, cool. Um. Okay, I'll cut to the main. Um. Yeah, this room does apparently hold some uh, a few historical documents. But uh, it's been sealed off to the public. How come the movie National Treasure has never gone to this room? That's what I'm saying. Uh, some people believe that the government hides like incredibly s secretive stuff there and proof of extraterrestrials. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, Joe Biden's girlfriend. Yeah. That's where she lives. That's where he goes. There. That's the tomb of Joe Biden's she girlfriend. Yeah. She, she's mummified. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's awesome. Yeah, there you go. That was cool. Right? That's I I wish there's there's probably more information about it, but I, I definitely want to like I would go to Mount Rushmore just to see that fucking tomb. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is the Mega Strange Podcast. And as we warned you at the top of the show, today's episode is suffering from some technical difficulties. Wow, I just wow. flubbed it. That's yeah. that's a that's a performance difficulty Even more, yeah. at this point. Uh, I'm take a so minute fucking mad and, right now. Well, I guess we should tell people that this portion of the show is being recorded a day after the portion you were just watching. And Johnny is a little bit upset that we're even here to begin you, with. You can tell uh, when I'm going through some shit because I'm wearing the same clothes as I was <laughs> from the previous recording. Well, I myself have lost my sunglasses, but don't worry. We will come back to the conclusion of that episode momentarily. Oh. So what are we doing here right now? Oh, well, yeah. we lost a couple conspiracy theories yesterday. A whole 20-minute discussion about our final two favorite conspiracy theories. And I'm sorry to say, we're not going to recreate that conversation. We're not even going to try to recreate that conversation. That would be so fake. That'd be so phony of us. Yeah. You would watch it being like, these two fucking guys, they think they're such great actors. They just have the same conversation over again and nobody's going to notice. We wouldn't do you such a disservice. Mm -hmm. Instead, 
We're just going to briefly recap what we talked about yesterday. Okay. Yeah. Quickly, uh, I'm going to give you the abridged version. Uh, but don't worry. It's going to be just as entertaining. You're going to be just as enthralled. How are you feeling, Johnny? I'm so fucking mad right now. <laughs> I had uh, one conspiracy left to yeah. talk about, and Johnny had one conspiracy yep. left to talk about. And the conspiracy that I wanted to talk about was something that was near and dear to my heart. I was super excited to discuss it with you yesterday for yeah. the first time and get your general reaction. But now you already know what it is because we already had this conversation yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. My you don't have to dwell on it. My conspiracy theory was... The idea that professional wrestling might be fake. Yes, I know. You probably just pooped your pants when I said it. The shock that ran through your body as I uttered the words is professional wrestling fake. It's real to me, damn it. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, all right, so here's the thing. A lot of people are familiar with professional wrestling. If you're not familiar with professional wrestling, you've probably been living under a rock for the past 10 decades because professional wrestling is one of, uh, is arguably America's pastime. But more popular than baseball, I would say. 100%. I heard once that uh, professional wrestling was the first uh, sport that was broadcast on television here in America before baseball. And when you think about actually the most famous celebrities in the world for the past like three generations, The Rock, John Cena, Hulk Hogan, they were all professional wrestlers. Yeah. Professional wrestlers have a special place in people's heart. But some people think that the matches are predetermined. Some people would even go so far as to say professional wrestling is fake. But you know what? It wasn't always like that. In fact, uh, a little over a hundred... And 30 years ago, just about in the 1880s, professional wrestling in America was a sideshow attraction, a, a sideshow attraction yeah. at carnivals. And back then it was a legitimate combative sport. Um, I guess similar to like an MMA now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just people would show up and they would see who the best fighter was. And wrestling was different back then than it was now. Uh, the matches would sometimes go on for hours. And a lot of times the wrestlers would get injured. Um, so I guess my story begins at the turn of the century, uh, around the year 1900. There is one guy who is doing these professional wrestling matches that are real fights. And he is basically undefeatable. His name is Martin Burns. He goes by the wrestling name Farmer Burns. Uh, let me give you some stats on Farmer Burns, sure. Johnny. Yeah, yeah. Farmer Burns was about 160 pounds. They say he never weighed more than that. And he wrestled over 6,000 opponents at a time when most of these contests were legitimate. Yeah. And he lost fewer than 10 times. Can we just pause and appreciate that this guy's gimmick was he was a farmer? <laughs> He was America's farmer. <laughs> farmer Burns. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine going to a wrestling show yeah. and a farmer comes out and you're like, this guy's had 6,000 matches. <laughs> <laughs> He's lost like seven times. Yeah, that's that was before all this John Deere shit. He had to fucking sow the seeds in, with his hands. I don't know what I'm talking about. That's how he got so strong. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's like in Rocky when uh, when he trains by like lifting pieces of wood. and. Yeah, yeah. Like rolling a tire or some shit. Do you think a farmer gimmick would get over today? Like world champion, number one wrestler in the world? 
is a farmer? I don't think so. Yeah. This is what wrestling was like 100 years ago. Top guys are always like cool, long hair, kind of stoic. Well, now. he probably had long hair and he was probably cool, but you know, it was just the most relatable thing was being a farmer in the year 1905. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Farmer burned 6,000 matches, barely ever lost. And he trained a protege, a guy by the name of Frank Gotch, who if you know anything about wrestling, you probably heard the name Frank Gotch. Frank Gotch was equally unbeatable. Uh, and these two guys reigned for like a decade. Nobody could beat them. In 1913, uh, both Frank Gotch and Farmer Burns retired from professional wrestling. And what followed in the next decade was a lack of champions. Basically, nobody could fill their shoes. And this is when wrestling lost its popularity with the American public, sadly, because people started to suspect that wrestling wasn't real, that these matches were faked. Uh, obviously it wasn't like Farmer Burns was going out and stomping a hole in 6,000 guys in a row and Frank Gotch wasn't there pulling each other apart. It was guys that nobody had ever heard of and these matches seemed kind of silly. Uh, so what ended up happening was there were these three wrestlers who formed one of the first American wrestling promotions. They went by the name the Gold Dust Trio and their names were Ed Lewis Billy Sandow and Toots Mont. These classic guys, shit. Yeah, classic shit. They pretty much came up with the idea of professional wrestling as we know it. Things like tag team matches, um, finisher moves, uh, the three count pinfall, uh, things like distracting the referee, which I think is awesome to think about seeing all that stuff in a 1920s match. Oh, yeah. I mean, like they, t they talk about like old school wrestling, getting the crowd so mad that people will pull guns and knives on the wrestlers. So like it was real to the yeah, audience. Yeah. Yeah. So like seeing someone distract the ref back then was probably maddening. Yes. But as people may have suspected, uh, the champion at the time was not actually somebody who knew how to fight. They made a champion out of a guy named Wayne Munn, who was a good-looking college football athlete. And I could see why they would think in 1925, hey, nobody thinks this shit's real anyways. Let's just get a sexy guy and make him champion. But here's where the problem starts, and here's where the conspiracy begins. Mm. Because wrestling at that moment in time... It could have been fake, but it was also coming from just a few few years earlier, legitimate matches, which would go on for hours. Like they would go yeah. the whole afternoon and you had a whole generation of wrestlers who were left over from that earlier time who were used to wrestling for hours and like breaking bones and knocking out the teeth of the other guy. And they saw this champion named Wayne Munn, a pretty, pretty boy, college athlete. And it pissed him off. Like, yeah. why should this guy be champion? So there was a competing uh, promotion run by these two brothers who were known as the uh, Stetcher Brothers. And there was this 47-year-old veteran, a wrestler by the name of Stanislaus. I always fuck up his name. <laughs> Zabisco. I can't say anything. I fuck up every name we've ever, I've ever read on the show. Stanislaus Zabisco. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, can I take a yeah. moment and pause and talk about how uh, the first episode we did of this conspiracy theories, we totally mixed up the cocoa plant. Oh, uh, yeah. Cacao and cocoa. I cacao think cacao and cocoa. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, every comment was about that. Yeah. Every comment was harping on us. So I just want to apologize. We did get it wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry about that. 
Sorry about that. Sorry to all the cocaine experts out there. Yeah, big cokeheads in the audience. Why do you know so much yeah, about bro. this cocaine derivative plant? <laughs> Very sus. Anyways, back to my wrestling story. <laughs> uh, Zabisco was booked by the Goldust Trio to go up against their champion, Wayne Munn. But what they didn't know, what the Goldust Trio didn't know, is that this rival corporation, the Stetcher Brothers, had also come to Sabisco, and they offered him a shit ton of money to just beat the shit out of Wayne Munn, take his belt, and walk away with it without the Gold Dust Trio realizing Hell what yeah. happened. It was a conspiracy to defeat the champion and steal the belt. A shoot fight. A shoot fight is what it's called. Um, a shoot fight is when a wrestling match is actually a real fight, uh, and the audience may or may not be aware of it. Yeah, there's terms that wrestlers used that they, so they could... Talk about wrestling being fake in public and no one knowing. Uh, that's what kayfabe means. Um, but now all the the smart uh, nerds out there know all the terms. Yeah. So to get back to this conspiracy, on April 15th, 1925, Zabisco had his match with Wayne Munn and defeated him so decisively the referee had no option other than to award him the Gold Dust Trio champion. When I say no option, I mean the referee knew that Wayne Munn was supposed to stay champion. Yeah. But Zabisco pinned him in like 10 seconds. And the referee was like, oh, uh, he, he had a foot on the rope. Ah, it doesn't count. So Zabisco like beat the shit out of him, shoved his elbows down his throat, you know, chicken boned him, raked him, punched his face in. Threw him down on the ground, pinned him again in about 60 seconds. And the referee's like, um, oh, oh, he kicked out. <laughs> and so Zabisco like got him in a hole and beat his brains in a little bit. And Wayne Munn is there, like some college pretty boy, like doesn't know, doesn't know what the fuck is happening. Thinks walked into this match thinking, oh, everybody loves me. I'm a great champion. In fact, Wayne Munn retired after this match and never wrestled again for the rest of his life. He went from Jesus being a champion, Christ. literally being world champion, to being thrown out of the business. Makes Zabis sense. Zabisco just kept pinning him, just kept pinning him, and the audience was getting mad. <laughs> they were getting fucking pissed off. And they say, uh, history records say, in order to stop a riot from breaking out, yeah. the referee had to award Zabisco the championship. If you want to see a modern version of that, look up uh, Jeff Hardy versus Sting in uh, Impact. Yeah, that's on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, check quality. that out. Yeah, check that out. Uh, anyway. If you want to see a wrestler pinning another wrestler against For his real. Will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Zabisco took the championship, went back to the Stetcher Brothers, lost the championship to one of the Stetcher Brothers, and then the Stetcher Brothers refused to have a rematch with anybody from the Gold Dust Trio promotion. Okay. They stole their championship and refused to give it back. Basically fucked over these guys' whole business. What the Gold Dust Trio did was they declared that match, um, what do you call it? Uh, when it doesn't count. Oh. Uh, uh, they disqualified null, it. Yeah, they nullified the yeah, match. Yeah. They nullified the results of the match. They said it didn't count. They awarded somebody in their own company as the champion, and then you had two reigning champions here in America. Yeah. <clears throat> the rematch didn't happen for another 20 years. It wasn't until the 40s that the champions from each of these promotions finally had a match it was still Joe Stetcher, and he dropped the belt and gave it back to the Gold Dust Trio. But from that moment on, yeah. the wrestling promotions never trusted the champions to fight. Uh, never trusted that somebody going up against the champion wouldn't do the same thing. 
And so for the next 50 years, they basically made sure that whoever was the champion was an actual fighter. They settled on a guy named Luthez. Luthez became the National Wrestling Association champion. The National Wrestling Association is a company <clears throat> that basically oversees every territory. Yeah. And says, you're all your own territory. You're all your own promotion. You all have your own belts. But we are the organization that unites you all to make it a little bit more official. Currently owned by Billy Corgan. Of the Smashing Pumpkins. Yes. Today is He owns the, the NWA. That's a story for another podcast. <laughs> uh, to not bore anybody out there who doesn't care about wrestling, basically what happened was the National Wrestling Association picked a guy named Luthez, and for 30 years, from the 40s through the 50s through the 60s, it was Luthez's job to go around to all of these territories and basically say, I am the NWA champion. If you think somebody here deserves to be champion more than me, we're having a match right now. And he would beat the shit out of them and take their belt. Oh, yeah. And that shit is not fake. If anybody had a problem with it, they were free to try to beat him in a match. They couldn't do it. Is wrestling fake? This is the history of wrestling. I mean, literally, this these are the championship matches that extended to this day. Yeah. And to this day... There are still matches. One happened just a month ago uh, with uh, Minoru Suzuki in the Ring of Honor Championship. He beat the shit out of that guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we're not going to get into it, but there are still wrestlers today who like to have shoot fights. Yeah. And they may not warn you that it's going to happen. Nope. Uh, so that's my conspiracy theory. A lot of people believe that wrestling is fake, despite the fact that oftentimes it is not. And there have been conspiracies themselves within the wrestling community to steal championships from other champions by not letting them know that they were about to get into a real fight. And what are you going to do? What are you going to do? There's nothing you can do. It's a conspiracy. That's the fun of wrestling. All right. So, Johnny, yes. you have one final conspiracy for us, and this one is the one we saved for the end because it is a powder keg. Yeah. This one is explosive. We're going to blow the lid off the entire new world order. Uh, all right, here we go. You thought Prince Andrew was a monster. Well, let me tell you what. Prince Charles is actually a monster. Prince Charles oh, no. is a vampire. Be, ah! um, I was going to ask what could be worse than hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> How about drinking blood? Wait a second. You can't just throw around such a wild accusation without any evidence. Johnny, why would you say Prince Charles... The man who will become the king of England someday is a vampire. Uh, well, first of all, he owns several properties uh, or several yeah, properties in Transylvania. Wait a second. He's already going to become the king of England. You're going to own an entire country. That's not enough for you. Okay. Greedy. Yeah. Okay. Little vampiric. Um, yeah. He, he had a lot of. Uh, Wait a second. Oh. Wait, for real. He owns a lot of properties in Transylvania. What? Why? Uh, he loves, he apparently just loves Romania, specifically Transylvania. And then in 98, Love he, for the homeland. He, he went to visit there again like he usually does. Yeah. And he learned that he's actually related to Vlad the Impaler, who is famous for uh, being kind of the proto-vampire. Like uh, We all know who Vlad the Impaler yeah. is. You don't need to explain it. Okay, cool. Dracula. Yeah. Himself. 
Or some say what Dracula is based off of is uh, Vlad the Impaler. I say Dracula himself. Oh, okay. And I say the very blood of Dracula runs through the veins of Prince Charles. It's interesting that this conspiracy theory implicates only Prince Charles yeah, yeah, in yeah. the royal family. Like nobody else has uh, is a direct descendant of Vlad the Impaler. Not his mother, not his father, just him. Which happens when you are bit by a vampire. Yeah, your parents don't get the vampire blood. Only you do. He had some Cirque du Freak shit happen. He like stole a, he stole someone's spider and then got turned into a vampire. You have a picture for us? Um, I'm sorry, Johnny. I'm not familiar enough with Cirque du Freak <laughs> to get your reference, but I'm sure it's really funny. Uh, yeah, I just have some photos of, of, of him. Can we put this on the screen? Yeah, I'll put them on the screen. Hey, uh, guess what, everybody? We got rid of the yeah. close-up cam for today's uh, technical just, malfunction. Just for now. Um where he just looks extremely vampiric. He's like pondering an orb. He also looks like James Bond. That might just yeah. be a British badass look. Yeah, he's like, he does. Dude, James Bond is a vampire. That sounds rad. Whoa. Uh, vampire Bond. Uh, the movie's called I Only Come Out at Night. Yeah. <laughs> he wants his blood shaken, not stirred, dude. That's not good. Anyway, uh, I did want to do my due diligence here. And like, so I, I wanted to Google something to, to double check here. And so I Googled Prince Charles mirror to see if there's any photos of him looking at his reflection. And I found this photo. Holy shit. Of him looking at himself in a, a rear view mirror. This looks like it was a deep fake AI computer yeah. generated Photoshop. It definitely looks like they took the photo and there was no reflection. They're like, fuck, we got to add one. They 100% did that. <laughs> if he was sitting there, I would see his arm coming out of the window or something. That's uh, true. Yeah. This is a Photoshop. The lighting doesn't match up. Well, as far as I'm concerned, I'm convinced. I think he's a vampire. I'm convinced too. Uh, but that's pretty much it. He he looks like a vampire. He's he loves Transylvania, and he's actually related to Vlad the Impaler. So I don't know what the fuck else you need, because if I was all those things, you'd think I was a vampire. Yeah. If I was an old scary white guy who was related to Vlad the Impaler, you'd be like, "Damn, Johnny's a fucking vampire." Yeah, and you were also going to be become the king of England. Yeah, that, that too. Sense. You got mystical, charming abilities. Well, thank you for sharing that. With yeah, no us. problem. Prince Charles is a vampire. Wrestling may or may not be fake. We now return to our regularly scheduled Mega Strange. You might want to do the outro. I think it also got fucked up. All right, let's just keep it rolling. We're keeping it rolling. We didn't go anywhere. We didn't go anywhere. <laughs> Thanks for watching Mega Strange, everybody. That's our episode for today. And thank you for putting up with our technical difficulties. We thank hope you, you like this for episode. <coughs> Woo, excuse me. Hey, if you do like this episode, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. Hit that notification. Share this episode with a friend, somebody who you think would like it. Yes. And follow us on Instagram at Mega Strange Podcast. We will be back on Wednesday with the Mega Strange mailbag. So anybody out there who has had a paranormal encounter, be sure to call us up and tell us your story. We'll give you our analysis of it. We'll give you our explanation and we'll give you some moral support because it's a scary world out there. And we'll be yeah. back every Saturday with another full-length episode of the Mega Strange Podcast. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Good night.